Hello and welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast with me, Tony Jeffies. And Glenn, Glenn Six Figures. Glenn, how's it going, mate? Going good, yeah. Nice so, day today. It's a beautiful on day. On the rooftop once again. On the rooftop. So this time it's uh, 2.50 in the afternoon. It's a little bit breezy, but it's red hot, mate. It's like a sunblock on my... Class. M- with my ginger skin, I want to get burnt. I should have put some cream on. Yeah, you're going to get burnt. Uh, uh, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday afternoon... Fell asleep in the sand at the beach. You did? Yeah. Must be nice. See so what I mean? Wandered down there for an hour, fell asleep in the sand. That's when you've made it. When you On a Tuesday afternoon, you've fallen asleep in the sand at Santa Monica Beach. That's when you know you've made it. So, mate, what stupid shit have you been buying lately? Because I know you spend your money on some shit. What have you, um, you been spending your money on? The latest one, what came through my door this week, was three boxes of uh, supplements. Supplements. Just topping up on my usual stuff, but it was exciting. Why do you take supplements? It's how sad I am, I get excited about that. Because um, I'm working my ass off and it's tiring stuff and beating my body up, beating my hands up. And uh, it's physical work, so I just take a lot of stuff to try and help recover quickly and keep my energy up through the day. And how much did you spend on supplements? Um, I the, want some the, numbers. <laughs> the multi that I take is from a company called Exos and it costs about $90. For what's that? A multivitamin? Yeah. A tablet? It's about a month supply. Yeah. God, $90 that's ridiculous, mate. I mean, it's yeah, I, if, you're, if you're a professional athlete, I think, yeah, you, you, that, that's good. But, but mate, I am a professional athlete. You're not a professional athlete. You're nowhere near a professional athlete. Talking about big spends, so I've just spent this on, on my laptop. And if you follow us on Snapchat, I just bought a nice MacBook Pro and uh, just to help record the podcast. How, how much? Uh, well, I rush you. <laughs> this was 2600 It's a... Uh, one of the best ones you can get, but uh, I love it. I love it. So, do you think you're addicted to spending money on um, little, on, well, not little things, but like, or just shopping? Do you know what, mate? Right, my my big addiction, and I was talking to my missus about this the other day. It's a, it's ridiculous. Is buying stuff on Amazon? I, I spend, I buy loads of stuff on Amazon, <laughs> and the reason why it's addictive, and I've actually, and I've actually looked into it, yeah. is because. It's like, you know, when Christmas, you don't know what you're going to get. I order that much crap on there. Yeah. And then I see a box come and say, oh, yes. Which a box. Is <laughs> well, what is it? What is it? But <laughs> the thing is, I'm not, I'm not buying things like MacBook Pros and stuff all the time. Just buying little things. Just buying stupid stuff. And it's yeah. like, the excitement's kind of going now. I mean, the other day, I bought a, a shoe stretcher. <laughs> what? Something that stretches your shoes. See, I bought that. I've got that many trainers. I bought. I bought a few pair. That's. I don't know. Maybe because I got fat before. I put weight on and my feet got bigger or whatever. But I'm no longer a size ten. I think I moved up to eleven. So now I've got to put these things in my shoes that stretch my feet. Yeah. So you spent money on them. Did you get excited when the package coming up and up? Or was it a letdown? You know, I'm, I'm getting. I'm getting the point now where it's like there's boxes there. I'm like. Telling me missus to go and open them. Yeah. So it's kind of, I think, I think I need a new buzz. And there's nothing better though. I get on from work and I check the mailbox and there's like a couple of packages. That instant, couple of seconds, like packages, packages. Yeah. Like it is like Christmas when you it's get like, when you're like, a kid. It's like a new gift and you never Class. know what, what you've got. Yeah. The, the latest one that I did was uh, I bought a Nike keychain for, I don't know, six quid or something. That came the other day. <laughs> Why? <was> well excited. <laughs> With that, you bought a Nike keyring. No, like, you know the, the long ones that are, like, they're called lanyards. Not one of them daft things like around your neck where you carry your keys on. Yeah, but I don't put it around my neck. Oh, you are joking. So you got one of them things where you carry your keys on around your neck? But I don't put it around my neck. <laughs> you're, you're not, mate. Why would you do that? Because I've like got a bunch American. of keys and it's got, like, a loop hanging off it. 
So then when you put your keys down, you can just it's like a massive key ring. But it's one of the things what you do put on your neck. If you want to, but I don't. It's like you want me to wear a, he a headset in the gym. I'm not going to do it. Me, you've changed. You've changed. I'm not going to put a lanyard around my neck and I'm not going to wear a headset in the gym. Good. I should hope not. Um, so what's new, mate? What's been happening this week? Um, I've been watching a lot of benefits documentaries on uh, on YouTube of uh, English benefit system documentaries. Benefits right. Britain. Benefits. So that's the um, welfare in America. That's yeah, what yeah, call it, isn't yeah it? welfare, yeah. And it's just the best entertainment out there, I think. Every night, just go to sleep to one of them. The last one I watched was, I think, um, Great Yarmouth, a small town in England. And there's a guy on it, and he's got 26 kids. And I think he's got, like, a three-bedroom house. 26 kids? Yeah. What, in one house? He's picking up, like, a In one in, house? In one house, yeah. He, he gives you a tour of the bedrooms, and there's, there's just bunk beds stacked on bunk beds with three kids in each bed. <laughs> but and surely uh, it's not a one, one woman. Oh, no, no. So he can't have them all in one house. I think there's about 18 of them in one house, and then some of them have grown up and moved out or whatever, but he has 26 kids, and in the one house, it's just filled with, with kids and people. And he's wow. on the programme, he's just having a moan about, oh, he's not got enough room, <laughs> and he I needs mean, more money off the government to get more money. Uh, but it's just one of the funniest things you'll see. It's class. That's the mad thing about the, the government in England, where the, the, they'll give people like that, and they'll give uh, immigrants money like that as well. Who And... and I've heard stories before about immigrants who come just to have babies. It sounds like he's one of them people, but he's not well, an immigrant. He, he's English. But they have babies just to get this money because they get an absolute fortune off yeah. the government. He was making, uh, I think, like 80 grand. Well, not making, but he gets 80 grand a year. Wow. Uh, just for them, wow. for his kids. So £80,000 a year, yeah. so that's about $140,000. Throughout 25, 6, 26 people, it's nothing, is it? I know. And so for everyone know, setting the scene, like we see what on the balcony, we've got... Glenn's son, Jack, in between us now. Glenn's first time looking after him. He texted us this morning after an hour. This is hard work, this, mate. This is so hard work. <laughs> now his shoes just come off. <laughs> so so you've got one little boy. Imagine what's like having 26. Yeah, oh, well, I've just got started. I've got I have 25 more. I'm all right. <laughs> uh, so we've just, did, we've just did a podcast there with Frank Rule, Tattoo Artist. Yeah. Uh, it was really good. And I think we're going to release which one should we do first. I think the Franco one's going to go up tonight. Yeah, it? we'll put the Franco one tonight and then this one after. But uh, So if you haven't listened to that yet, you can go and listen to it. He's a tattoo artist and uh, he's an entrepreneur. He's he's pretty fascinating in some of the stuff that he talks about there. Are we going to put this one up first? No, we'll put that one up first. <laughs> uh, so when people listen to this one, they'll hopefully already heard the Franco one. Right, yeah. So talking, talking about back the addictions, like... Uh, a what what that comes down to is excitement, and when we've spoken about life before, to 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 enjoy life, I think you need to have excitement, and and that's kind of the the addictions that that I've got. Well, well that it's exciting for us to bring a pass, parcel up, and uh, like like traveling's exciting to to us, going jet skiing, uh, retail therapy, you call it, yeah. uh, and I think I think ex to to keep your life to to, to keep happy. You need to keep excited. I think you always have to have something to look forward to, whether it's something small or big. There needs to be something every, I'd say every two or three weeks or every month or two that you've got noise coming up that you can look forward to. That See, keeps you excited and looking forward. It's like a few weeks ago, I was like, what's coming up? And there was nothing. I mean, day to day is really good. I enjoy getting up and I'm excited about each day, but there was nothing different coming up for me for a few weeks. So, 
I've See, decided to sort it out and book a trip. And now I can look forward to that. So I've got something to look forward to for the next six weeks now. So I think that I disagree with you because if you're always looking forward to the future, you're not enjoying what's happening now. Um, right? I mean, that makes sense. If well, you, I'm not looking forward to the future. I mean, like, I'm not like, that's all I'm like thinking about. I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm enjoying, I do enjoy my day today, but it's good to have something, you know, it's coming up. bigger and exciting. Yeah. That, that just it's just there in the back of your mind, you know it's coming up. Right. I think my my biggest thing is is travelling, and I've travelled around the world with boxing, and even when I wasn't boxing, I was there, uh, I was I was travelling, and I've been all over. I love it. It's really exciting. And, and now I've got two kids. I was talking to Mrs. the dear, but the dear, and it's like I, I want to travel. We've been watching that Anthony Bourdain. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, where he, I can't remember the name of the title of it, but where he goes to different countries and he tries the food. And he went to India, and, and I've been to India twice. But I've, he went to India, and he was eating the food there. Were the Indian foods not as good as the Indian food in England? Nah, <laughs> you know what? It's true. So I've been to in, been to India twice, like I said, and the Indian food is not a patch on on the the, the takeaways in, in Sunderland, yeah. in Farringdon, for yeah, yeah. uh, Changs, I think it's called. <laughs> uh, but the, you can't beat Indian food in England. It's westernised. But these foods look amazing, and, and travelling is is great. But now I've got two kids. I'm going to do it. Well, I, I told I you to jump on in April. But you, you nah, I mean, you, I mean, I'm, ta- I'm talking about travelling to exotic places, not not London, not yeah. not uh, uh, Blackburn or Sunderland. <laughs> you know, I, I want to go to exotic places. And uh, well, you thinking about Mexico in May? I've never been to Mexico. I'd love to go there. Yeah, let's go there. Yeah, I'm up for that. Uh, and we've got, I've got up with some crazy shit as well when I'm travelling. So, oh yeah, uh, the Thailand. When you went to Thailand. Yeah, so I'm going to tell you a little tell story when yeah, I went to Thailand. Tell us Thailand story. So I went to Thailand. I was 17 years old. I went with my dad and two other lads. And uh, the, the lads I went with are pretty well known. Before you start, if anyone's getting excited, it's not a ladyboy story. <laughs> no, that's a different one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so I'm in Thailand with my dad and two other blokes. I don't know where my dad was. He was missing this night. <laughs> you know where my dad was. <laughs> no, I don't know where he was. So I, I, I'm and in Thailand. They've got bars where you can have a fight. Where 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 the two Thai blokes are having fights in the bars in the in the boxing ring. They have the more Thai fights where they fight each other. That's mental. So it's just a bar where you're drinking. A bar, but the bars outside as well, and. It's mad, it's full of all these lady boys and, and, and Thai prostitutes all screaming yeah. when you walk past. So you go in there and you're watching the Thai lads fighting and kicking shit out of each other. Like in a ring, like organized. In, in a proper yeah. ring, yeah. I, in a proper it's ring. It, it happens every night. And then you always, you always see the odd drunk Englishman or drunk knobhead think he's odd who gets in and has like a just a boxing fight a straight, straightener with him. Yeah. So he'll get in there and he'll get his head punched in. I mean, yeah. blood and everything shit. everywhere. And uh, so I, I'm a little bit drunk. 17-year-old shouldn't have been drinking, but it's Thailand, anything goes. And I'm with this lad who was an odd case in Sunderland. And I went, yeah, I'll get, I'll get in there. I'll fight one of these Thailands. I'll punch him. <laughs> Just won the European title, 17-year-old. Yeah. So our conference is through the roof. And I've had a few drinks. So I tell the bloke, I went, listen to me, I'll get in there, I'll fight him, if it's not just boxing. So they're like, oh, yeah, they're always working on the challenge, the, uh, the white boy coming to get beat up. Yeah. So he gives us some minging gloves, a minging little mouthpiece, yeah. some crappy little sh- tiny Thai sh- Thai boxing shorts. You've seen really high ones, really high ones. On the side. <laughs> so I'm seven in your old. Balls are coming out. <laughs> 
skinny as a rick, <laughs> and, I, and I get in the ring. And I've never spoken about this before because, I mean, I was aiming for the Olympics and, and I was on a world-class program, and you, you can't really talk about this because it's, it's, it's illegal in boxing. Yeah. So I get in the ring, and uh, with this little, little tie bloke, he was about he was about 25, and me 17, with these tiny little gloves on, and we're out of fight, and I punched the shit out of him. In. I punched him everywhere. He was so tough, and that would punch hard then. Yeah. Uh, and... He was just taking the, the punishment and all of the, the people around the bar that couldn't believe this this tall, skinny kid just looking flashy, yeah. beat, beating up this Thailand. And uh, I got, and then we finished the fight and they give it a draw. Oh, <laughs> they give shit. the fight a draw. And the reason they do it is for tips. So the, How so many rounds was it? It was like three three-minute rounds or yeah. three two-minute rounds. I can't even remember. Did you even have referees or anything? Neither was a referee yeah. there. But I just batted him. And, uh, this is in a bar. <laughs> this is in a bar. This is one and on a night out. You know what I mean? This is kind of yeah. crap you know. And to give it a draw, the reason to give it a draw was because the only reason the Thai, the Thai lads fight and the only reason they fight is because they get tips off the off the tourists. So after. So if, if he lost, he wouldn't have got any tips. So he got a draw. And I think I, I think I dropped him like a tenner or something as well. Yeah. Uh, but mental. that was a crazy, crazy mental. time in Thailand. And, and when, I th- when I'm looking back on it now, it's like, what the hell were you doing? Yeah. If, he, if he kicked me in the head or in the leg, I would have ruined us. And yeah. if I was him, I would have kicked me in the head because I was punching his head in. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was crazy. And that's what, I mean, it's not one of the things I love about traveling, but I just love, I love traveling and seeing these, having these mad stories and, and doing this kind of stuff. Like another thing in Thailand, 17 year old, I was hiring fat bikes out. I don't know if you've heard of an R1, which is one of the fastest road bikes in the world. It's like right. 1100cc. I would hire this out and all you needed was show him your passport, give him £10, it was £10 a day, and I'm flying around the streets of Thailand, half drunk, shorts on, flip-flops on, no shirt on. Yeah. I remember one, one night I wanted to see how fast I could do, so I, I, <laughs> I, I was in second gear, I'd done 120 mile an hour in second gear, <laughs> running shirtless, when we daffed me up in the back, and I was like, wow, looking back now, I could have easily been killed on yeah. that bike. And, uh, you're fearless then though right? you don't give a shit fearless don't it's, give a it's shit. not until now you've grown up and well you think you've grown up and now I've got two kids yeah. uh, I've got an electric skateboard if anyone follows us on 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 any social media you see I've got an electric skateboard I've just bought a helmet that, to be fair that's what you're supposed to do when you're 17 yeah stuff like that if you're doing that when you're 35 you're a, you're a knob aren't you Definitely, but at the same time, if any 17-year-olds listen to this, I do not recommend you do any of that stuff I talk about. Yeah, I've just bought a, well, I've got an electric skateboard, I've had it for a while, but I've just bought a helmet for it. And I've got to see some footage of this. I've always been anti-helmets, but now I've got two kids. All it takes is a fall off and a helmet, and then, I, then, I'm, then I'm brain damaged. I'm already not the smartest. Uh, Speaking of um, that excitement, I think, do you think yours is like... Because you, you've boxed, right? That's a huge adrenaline rush. you box your whole life. And then you've boxed to a high standard and, and a high level, well, highest level, you know? Right. Do you think that that, that buzz that you get um, is, is higher for you than the average person who hasn't gone through that? Like, I really think that's a great question. So, like, you know, on a day-to-day level, you need yeah. something more dangerous and more exciting than the average person. Yeah, I don't know if dangerous, but something more exciting because... When when I when I come back from the Olympics, my life changed. I was getting recognised everywhere I went, and uh, as much as people say, oh, they didn't like it, but it was it was great. You know, I was getting going in restaurants, getting meals for free and stuff, and and, and people asking for pictures, and it, it boosts boosts your ego a little bit, you know. Yeah. So when you when you retire, and then 
I mean, it's not so bad now, but when I first retired and I come over here and no one knew who I was and I wasn't put on a pedestal, if you like, at any time, it was hard. So you, I feel like you're, you're trying to always chase that excitement, like you said. And we know we know one guy in particular who who, who was a high-level fighter, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, if you didn't see his name. Uh, who was a high-level fighter who retired about five, ten years ago and still chasing that buzz, trying yep. to get that excitement of that fame back. And that's when you're going to hate your life. That's when you're going to be negative and not like it. And it's going to hold you back from success too. If that's all all you're doing is trying to chase that that ego boost and that high right. that you had when, when you were in your prime or whatever, then yeah. it's just going to restrict you for the rest of your life. If, you, if, if, if that's gone, then let it go and focus on what's going to bring you success and happiness now. And that's that's what you're doing with the gym, and um, it, it like it's good to see, you know, like for example, you you just love getting in there at four o'clock and just doing like the kids classes or whatever. Right. And then you know only what like five six years ago you you're fighting pro, and then yeah the, the contrast from that to what you're doing now. But you'd like you don't have an ego about it. You're not like yeah. oh fucking, what you know what am, what the what the fuck am I doing doing this? Like you love doing it and you know that it's right. best for your your gym and your business and you're enjoying doing it passing on knowledge and helping kids and stuff and um, that's long term is going to give you more success and happiness than just doing you know like um, desperate kind of things to just yeah you know oh I want to get recognised or I want people to still remember who I am and that kind of stuff right yeah I, I, not, do you know what I mean yeah big time and it, it, I'm telling you it's hard mate it's hard to, to, to let that go to oh, it, 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 really, it really is it's but it's, in, in, in it's tough, and it's still it's still there a little bit. I still yeah. I still have a, a slight ego, but uh, but like I said, you could you could do that through the gym now. Like I'm going to have the best gym. I'm going to have the best. Yeah, that's what uh, I'm trying, know, trying all, to all, do. All, all your business ventures are what are going to bring that back around. Yeah, tell you what was the hardest when 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 I come over to America, and I was just retiring from boxing, and I. I worked in a gym in uh, Santa Monica called Iron Gym. I'm not bothered about the name of it now. And uh, it was downstairs in the basement. And That's I where I trained with you at the beginning. Yeah, that's where I met Kevin as well, yeah. my business partner. And I, w and I was doing teaching classes and I was getting paid like $10, $20 a class. If, if that, I was getting cash. Sometimes I wouldn't even get paid. But it was like, well, it's, a, it's me foot in the door. I never thought of how things would have turned out, but I just knew it was me foot in the door. But no one knew who I was. And when I come from Sunderland in, in, in England, you, when you couldn't walk down the street without getting a picture to someone, to, to now I'm working in a basement yeah. to teaching these people who don't know boxing, yeah. boxing, uh, who don't know who I am. It was tough. But you know what? I, I started enjoying it and I started to really like it. But, and I realised how easy it was for right. me to teach boxing. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is way, way easier than getting a punch in the head. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I stopped. On all your background is there anyway. It's, it's not going anywhere. Right. You know what I mean? And it's then, there for life. Then I started training people like you. It was terrible. I was. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then I think you were me like second or third client who I ever, ever taught boxing to. And, uh, and I was charging you like $30 a session, was it? Forty dollars like, a session. Yeah, like forty, fifty. I uh, and 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 now like that's times like five or whatever. You haven't changed though because I remember I'd, just, I'd uh, be on my way to the gym and you'd be like, "Got some sparring for you." So I'd be like, "All right, sounds good." <laughs> and I'd just be sparring the whole session while I'm in the <laughs> corner. And then now you're doing that same thing, just watching kids spar and getting paid 
a lot more now. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And, uh, life's good. But now, now, now the new passion for me is is teaching people how to teach boxing. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm kind of I'm not past teaching people boxing. I'm still doing. It. I still love it. But now I really want to teach people how to teach boxing, and I'm loving the business side of things as well. Yeah. Do you know what stuff. I mean? Yeah, we've got some uh, good stuff going on. And uh, 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 the the thing is as well with that when you when I was making good money when I was fighting, and then I wasn't making good money, but you're in the habit. It's like what people say: the, the more money you make, the more money you spend. And I'm in the habit of of spending a lot of money. So when I come over here, it was like I had to pull back on that and right. and, and not not spend money. I was talking. I done some interviews with Ellie Sekback. I think you've watched maybe one or yes. two of them. And I'll give him some advice to give to other fighters about what they should do with the money. What I do with my money when I invest in properties and stuff. Uh, and he was telling me he knows some basketball players who earned eighty million dollars. Who when they see him, they're asking for twenty dollars to borrow twenty dollars. Reason being is because they, they, spent it all, they, they, they live that lifestyle. Yeah. And even over here in LA, it's more flash than it was in England. So these people's flashing out, spending the cash, buying the tables, buying the flash cars, and they're living that lifestyle. And then when they they never think the money's going to end, but the money really does end. And and then it's like, now what do you do? But you're in that habit, yeah. like this Amazon habit. What I'm talking about. I'm in that habit now. So <laughs> if if shoe stretches. Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> if I couldn't, if I couldn't afford it, I mean, nah, that's different. Isn't it? It's not like going out spending flash money, showing off to people. This is like what I do in my own private time. <laughs> but um, I think uh, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago about um, done well. Like all the Olympians that came out in 08 must have like got a set up pretty good coming out of the Olympics, right? With the with the contracts they sign and stuff. Not not really. People think they do. So when I turned professional, before sorry, before the Olympics, I was I was turned uh, before the Olympics, we all knew if we get if we get a medal in the Olympics, we're gonna get out at least two hundred thousand pound sign on fee, which is over three hundred thousand dollars sign on bonus. Mm. Right? So we're all buzzing. So I, the Olympics come, two thousand eight, I got the bronze medal and then the same year was the credit crunch, so oh, we got oh. uh, that 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 the economy affected me big time and the other limits. No one really knows about that, but it really did. I got forty thousand pound, which is sixty thousand dollars sign-on bonus, and I never even got paid all of that. Cost me promoter messes around. So. Uh, really, the Olympians should have done well. Well, you look at the other Olympians before that. Oddly, Harrison, 2000. I mean, he got a gold medal and he was heavyweight, so that's a bit different. Got a million million pound. Yeah. Which is a million and a half. That was before he even had a fight. Yeah. Then Amir Khan, the next Olympics, 2004, got a silver medal. Boom. Massive million dollar deal. Then 2008, credit crunch hit. Boom. But James DeGill got a contract of Frank Warren. I think it was worth two million pound. But that was all. That was all of his fights for his first two years. So that was spread out. What's that? Like eight fights. Eight Ten. fights. So, I mean, it's still, it's still good money. You're still yeah, getting yeah. a fat lump compared to... I've heard that the uh, the US Olympians don't get anywhere near that kind of treatment. They come out of the Olympics and don't have don't But have the, the, the US Olympians come out of the Olympics without any medals. So, uh, like, like, who was the last Olympic Well, Olympic in boxing, medalist? yeah, they didn't even medal last time, did they? No, nah, every single one of them got beat the first yeah, fight. Yeah. And that's down to the Olympic program. It's crap compared yeah. to the, the, the British... Olympic program, which is great. And uh, just speaking of this, uh, Rashad Holloway was in the gym yesterday, talking about. He's just text me. Actually. Yeah, he d- he was he was slagging off the European system, saying that the US um, amateurs are miles better. 
<laughs> he always does. He always does, but they're not. So I battered the it, Well, it, his point was that the uh, the European uh, amateurs that do well in the Olympics struggle to turn over because they're just taught point scoring, just in and out, pitter patter, in and yeah. out, pitter patter. Whereas in in the uh, US amateur boxing, um, a pro style goes a lot further. Is what he was saying. It's not as pit as point scoring. So even if you don't do w- that well as an amateur, you can still make it. You can still make it. Nah, I mean, yeah, you can. But I look, if he was here now, I'd tell him he's full of shit. Because look, look at our Olympics. He's Olymp- just bitter though, isn't he? Yeah. Just oh yeah. Look at our Olympics. James, <laughs> James from 2008, we've got James DeGill and Billy Joe Saunders, two Olympians. And we've got 12 world champions. World champions. And then we've got Anthony Joshua, who win a world t- title. And then we've got a. Uh, that 08 team was by far the best, wasn't it? Out yeah. of recent. Out of the last probably five, four or five Olympics, yeah, probably more than that. And si- since you've had to qualify men. for the Olympics, that weight team was the best by far. Uh, I just wanted to bring up a story, just moving on from boxing, about the searching for that buzz. Did you see what happened to um, Marcus Bent last week? Do you know Marcus Bent, the footballer? I've heard of him. Yeah, he played for Blackburn, uh, Everton, a couple, I think a couple of other teams. Uh, Used to be a decent player. Yeah, I was just saying, watching Sky Sports News the other morning, and um, he ran out of his house with a meat cleaver in his hand and a knife in the other hand and chased after two cops, saying that somebody had been in his house. What? Uh, it was like on high, drugs. On, high on cocaine, yeah, and all this. And uh, he just, I think he got like 12 months or something like that. Bloody hell. But I was just like, whoa. Because he, uh, he's, I think he's probably like late 30s, 40. Right. Not doing anything, just sat in his house, just. High on, high on cocaine. That's mad. It's where he grabs so a meat cleaver and chases after a couple so that, of cops. So that's that's like what we said about the boxing about chasing that buzz, chasing yeah, that high. Yeah, definitely. He he he's on he's on drugs. That's why a lot of ex sports stars go to drugs because they're looking for that chasing that high, uh, and then that's exactly what he does. You know, I was I was doing a, a question and answer thing before with Mickey Gray and Gary Bennett, some former Sullen players. Yeah. Uh, and I asked them. There was a there was a couple more there. I can't remember. Dick, uh, Dick Mulhorn, and I was. I asked them. I was sitting with them, but everyone was asking them questions. I said, "I've got a question for you. Do you are you jealous of footballers' wages now compared to when you were doing it? Because yeah. when Gary Bennett was doing it, he was the same level as uh, I'm not going to say David Beckham, but he was. He was. He was a high. He was one of the top Michael footballers. Michael played for England, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. So. And 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 I mean Michael Greer was a bit more modern, but Gary Bennett he must have been getting eight hundred pound a week, a thousand pound a week. I'm guessing maybe two grand, whatever. But now, if he was doing his exact same job, same talent, same ability as everything, he's getting fifty plus thousand pound a week. And I asked them all, you must be envious about this, and they're all like, oh no, no, I'm not. I'm thinking, why I made? Because if if they weren't, they're not going to be sitting there now doing a question answer and getting paid three hundred quid. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm I'm thinking like I think it's easier now. The amount of money that's in football is so ridiculous. It's easy now to just be even a squad player within the maybe the top two divisions, Premier League, especially Premier League. Just be a squad player, not even yeah. making it that many appearances. On the bench, just be on the bench. Say you signed a contract at 18, you get in then, right? You could just have like a 10-year career, not really make that many appearances. If you're smart with your money and invest it well, you could be out the game by 30. Mate, listen, 10 year, no, you can do it in like they, they one year. One year, if you're smart with your money, if you're, if you're a footballer and you earn, let's say, 
low-level Premier League, 30 grand a week, 30,000 pound a week. Yeah. A year on 30,000 a week, like even if you half that on your taxes, you've got 15,000 a week. Yeah. You can buy a street, you can, you can buy so much property and invest it. Off, you know, so you, 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 can, you, can, you can do that in a few weeks. You on, know? The, um, on the benefits documentary, they're selling houses in Liverpool for a fiver. Bloody hell. Terraced houses for a fiver at auction. <laughs> it's usually a fiver, but then obviously you've got to spend money to get it back up. But, a fiver. Um, wow. But yeah, I think like uh, David Bentley, who just who, uh, played for Blackburn and got a massive uh, uh, contract with Tottenham, was hyped up as the next Beckham, just got out, got out of football, got bored of it, early 30s. He's got a bar down in um, and a restaurant, I think, down in southern Spain now. Wow. Just out of it. I, d- I wish I wish more footballers would would do that. I, I don't know why I think I, well, I get wish out of that. It. But just yeah, just see, like I feel like they're just kind of stuck in it, and they feel like they've got to do it until they're like retirement age. Nah, but the thing is, mate, I mean? but like, no, the thing the thing is with with footballers, I, I think like it's the, rare to get someone to come the, in, make good money, and get out. No, but the, but but I mean, it's top the top footballers are passionate about it. You're not getting punched in the head like you are boxing. Yeah. If you're a footballer, you love playing. Right. And and then you get catching that buzz every time, yeah, like yeah. a fighter. You've still got to get in the ring and get punched in the head. Yeah, yeah. And you've got to work twice as hard as a footballer. I've been I've been out with the Sunderland football team uh, when I you know I was out drinking with them and all that, and the drinking in between games or through the week, and I'm thinking, hang on a minute, you're the Premiership footballers. You yeah. you've got a game on Sunday. I'm with them on a Wednesday night getting drunk. Stephen was telling me uh, last week he was out with uh, he went out with James Beatty and. Um uh, someone else from Everton uh, a few years ago when he was at Everton and he said he, he had he they just played on the Saturday and he was out on the Saturday night with him and Beatty was just in the in the corner of like some club bar club or whatever just bladdered just passed out <laughs> yeah. the, the day the night of again see that's that, that's mad and that that's the difference between footballers and boxers like footballers can do that and they can get away with it yeah. boxers you can't or you want to get seriously hurt exactly so yeah. that's why it's best for boxers to get in and out but footballers I but I know. think it's nowhere near what it was now I'm, I'm watching a, a Gaza documentary the other day and he was talking about getting bladded on the beach during the World Cup and trying to hide it from Bobby Robson and stuff in like World Cup 90 wow and uh, it's like that that don't really go on that much Stephen anymore. was telling me a story about Gaza when he, he he went out. He got absolutely smashed on a night out oh, on this is drugs. The best story. Got absolutely wrecked. This is Gaza. When he woke up the next day, he played the game and got man of the match. Yeah, he was on a bender all night. He right? didn't even know that he played. Cocaine, booze, and everything. <laughs> Stayed up all night. Like had a couple hours of sleep. Got up. I, I think he had shots of whiskey and some cocaine before the game or something. He never even knew went what out, he was doing. Went, yeah, went out, played the game, come back, woke up. Like early Saturday night, passed out in the hotel, and there's a bottle of champagne on on the table, and that Jimmy Five Bellies is there with him, and he goes, "What happened?" And he said, uh, "Oh, you got man of the match." <laughs> that, that is mad. <laughs> no, that, no, that is talent for you, right? Just ridiculous, another level. But that, that the thing: if you're that ridiculously talented, you're not going to be able to get basic stuff right, like looking after yourself. I don't think. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're right. that ridiculously talented, where it's just so easy. Yeah, easy things in life aren't going to come as easy as what they should do. That's why shit goes sour. I think. Yes, mate. So we the flawed sh- genius. <laughs> so this is another podcast about absolutely nothing. Right? It's good though. These are the best ones. We're yeah, when we just sat here, sat here, sat here I, mean, I want to be burnt. Look at this. Uh, 
So, what else is happening, mate? Um, well, we're working on some stuff for the gym. Um, we just launched. We've been filming some boxing burn academy videos this week. Yeah, let's keep it silent a little bit on on what what the, what the plan is about that because I'm so excited about this thing yeah. that we've got coming up uh, in the very near future with, with this teaching boxing stuff. And then we've got another opportunity that might be coming soon as well. I can't speak too much about it, but it's involving the Middle East. Yeah, that that's big as well. And these are just by these opportunities come along. I'm going to grab them with both hands. Absolutely grab them. If I get a little idea in my head, I'm going to grab that, it. That's the thing. It's like some it, it, stuff's going good, but like you can never get comfortable. I feel like the more ambition that you have, like I feel like we're really ambitious people and want to... I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be ever call myself successful or truly like happy and satisfied because... As soon as you do that, you feel, I feel like you've, you've settled. Do you know there's what? always something else that you can work that, towards. That's what build. Frank always said on the podcast, and if you've not listened to that yet, go and listen to it. Uh, Frank is one of the best tattoo artists in the world. And he said, when I asked for advice for any young entrepreneurs or anyone coming up, he's, he, he said, never get comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Right? But I kind of disagree with that. I'm working to get comfortable. Yeah. But you, even when you're comfortable, you're always going to be working on something else. You're not going to stop right. being ambitious. I think it's just a personality trait that's in some people and not in others. Like my dad, for example, right? Yeah. Um, when he was out here last time, I took him around Bella, like showing him all like these houses. And uh, a friend of ours, Paul King, who's building currently the biggest house in L.A., right? wow. biggest square footage for the Sultan of Brunei. Ridiculous. Like the guest house has eight. Eight uh, bedrooms. <laughs> yeah. So I took my dad to Bel Air to go and show him like where all the constructions going. I'm like, look at this side. And he's like, that's ridiculous. Who needs eight bedrooms? Well, I'm like, well <laughs> just negative straight yeah, away. Just straight, straight negative straight away. And then we're coming back down through the hills, Bel Air, and um, I'm like, this house, this house. Look at that. Well, imagine having that and all this. He's going, no, I don't do anything for me. That doesn't do anything for me. I'm like, okay. So I ask him the question: If you had unlimited money, you wouldn't have one of these? Nah, I wouldn't have one of them. Like. Why not? What, what would you have? I'd just have a two-bedroom. Uh, I'd have a two-bedroom like farmhouse <laughs> in in Lancashire. I'm like, oh my god. Like, what? But think about it. Fair enough, right? It, like that. I can't get on board with that. It's it's insanity to me. But to him, he's comfortable and he's happy. Right. He's probably happy. Yeah. He's probably happier than what I am, even though. It's, yeah. Doesn't you know I mean it's like there's different levels of. Ambition, I feel like the less ambition you have, the easier it is to be happy, if that makes sense. No, it, it totally does. And uh, I've got a couple of things to say on that. first one is uh, Susan Boyle, the same. Remember Susan oh, yeah, Boyle, yeah. Iris? She yeah. lived in Scotland with her cats in a one bedroom. <laughs> she could have been, well, she was at one time the biggest superstar in the world, and she hated it. She lives with her cats, and, and she's happy with that. Uh, second thing is what I spoke about on a podcast before you got involved in, in this uh, in the podcast was about what is happiness and I talked about a bloke I seen in Morrison's when I was in Sunderland and he was stacked tell, tell, tell um, any American listeners what Morrison's is oh yeah Morrison's is a uh, it's like a supermarket like a, a Ralph's ah, it's like a Ralph's yeah, yeah, yeah. and this bloke was stacking shelves in, in Ralph's in Morrison's in Sunderland and he looked so happy people were going up to him asking him for where, where can I find the tomato ketchup? And he was pointing them in the right direction. Just loving it. Just loving life. Passion for And this, this bloke was about 45, 50-year-old. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and sometimes I think, look at him. He's not done nothing of his life. 
and that's selfish of me to think like that yeah. because I bet at the time he was he was happier than I was and even now he must be living a life. I mean, I was thinking I, how, how, I was thinking how simple and how how simple would your life be? You know how much you're getting paid each week. You know your hours. You can you can do your schedule easy. At the minute, I've got absolutely no idea what I'm going to be doing next week. Uh, I don't know how much time I can spend with my kids. Yeah. I don't know how much money I'm going to earn. Yeah. Uh, you know, where he's got this down to a T. You know, he's got a, his holidays planned for June. He's got a Benidorm. Yeah. You know, he's got uh, he's got that safety, hasn't he? He's, he's, got, he's got, got that, that safety and that comfort. Yeah. And is it that for? 95 plus people percent of people that's the way they live and that's yeah. the way they love it yeah yeah big time I used to just walk around Blackburn when I was growing up just thinking like I'd see people's lives and their houses and their cars and, the, and it's almost like I felt if you wanted something more than that right you were looked down upon so like yes. say I'd go to a Blackburn game right go to a Rovers game park up and we'd park next to say like a Bentley right and then and uh, you, you could see people like walking past a Bentley or just a nice, not even a Bentley, just like a, a, a nice car. Like, oh, who's this? Who's this flashy? Who's this knobhead? Yeah, yeah, who's this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like instantly, like, just. Why can't I have one? Yeah, I'm like, well, that's a good thing. It's really weird. It's a totally different mentality. Whereas here, um, you're encouraged to just have as much as you can and be as successful as you can and just have. It is a place for people with ambition. Right. And drive, I think. It is. And uh so so what's what's better about our life than a bloke who's got it got that's that's what I was thinking before. Well, I mean obviously it is answer. what's what what's better about our life than the bloke who live who works in Morrison's who's happy, he knows what he's getting, how he's going, he's in a perfect routine, he's going home every night with his bottle of wine or his cans of stones, watching Emmerdale farm and all that apart from Emmerdale shit. But no, <laughs> but he, that, that that I mean, he's happy. So happy. Yeah, if he's happy with it, fair play to him. So you can't what, slag him off for it. No, I'm not. Why, why, is, why is my life better than his life? When I'm stressed all the time, I don't know what I'm earning, what's, what I'm doing. Yeah. Obviously, I'm sitting now, it's Sunday at 4 p.m. I've got my shorts on, shirt off, on a rooftop uh, balcony in Santa Monica. on the ocean beach Tuesday I mean, afternoon. apart from that, I mean, what's better? Um, yeah, I think I might just go back to Blackburn tomorrow. <laughs> no, but it's true. I mean, it's di it's different levels. It's different people and it's different ambitions. And uh, it's, it's I'm not even happy with mine, though. That's the thing. I'm not even happy. Um, I think you are, but you, you're always looking to, to better yourself. That's I what I, I think. I, I think that's what it is. I don't think you're you're not unhappy. You're not like... Oh, this is really shit. I mean, like you're you're just working all the time and putting everything you've got into, yeah, into the work. And I'm I'm the same. I'm putting everything I've got into work. But it's that passion and that that drive right. to make it better and make it even bigger than, yeah. than what it is now. Yeah, and not tough. being not being comfortable. Yeah. Well, I think we've done. A, I think we should end it on that. Yeah. So everybody, so go and watch. Uh, I'm go home and cry. Everybody, <laughs> go and watch benefits uh, documentaries on YouTube. And uh, once you've watched them, you'll feel amazing. <laughs> Honestly, so I watch them and I'm like, wow. Benefits, too, I've not seen that. I'm going to have to watch it. It ain't too bad. Uh, if you, quick little plug, go to Box and, no, no, go to TonyJeffries.com, sign up for my email list. I still haven't sent another email. I've only got one email so far. So go go there, TonyJeffries.com, sign up for my email list. You want to get an email on networking. I just want to build this email is bigger than I can start firing some good stuff out uh, Instagram 
Boxing Life. Boxing Life. Hashtag Boxing Life as well. And we can repost some of your stuff. We're getting a nice little following on there now. Yep. So thank you to everyone who follows us on there. And until next time, uh, uh, see you later. We've got, we got, um, we've got a couple of good guests coming up, right? Yeah, mate, I just ended off. it. I just ended it, mate. Oh, you did? I did. All right, let's talk about guests. <laughs> I try to, but you butted in, mate. Sorry. <laughs> come on, come on. No, no, we're working on a couple of decent guests, so just uh, keep your eyes No, we have. We, we've got uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, who's the, the king of marketing, king of business. Such a, I'm pretty intimidated about getting him on there because he's, uh, I mean... He's big time. He's big time. Well over a million followers. Yeah, big time, big yeah. time. Who else have we got lined up? We've and got Chris from the Foo Fighters lined up. Yep. Uh, and, uh, Brendan from uh, Brendan Shab, former UFC fighter, uh, Tony training when he was in UFC, and now killing it with probably the biggest, one of the biggest podcasts out there right now. One of the biggest fighter podcasts in the podcast. world. Yeah, not quite. With, well, is he? No, he got three. Big? He got three point five million downwards last month. We only got three point two. Right. So we can be quite behind. <laughs> Once he comes on ours, then we'll overtake his. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think that's it. Isn't it? Right. Thanks, guys. See All you right, later. Over and out. Bye.